0: Hello! Welcome to the Aftershocks Central Podcast with Travis and Martin. Hello, Travis!
1: Hello, Martin. How's it going?
0: It is going so fantastically well, I can't even handle it right now.
1: Yeah, me neither. Yeah, take it down a notch, please.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm so excited, I just can't hide it, as the song goes.
1: Yeah, you're about to lose control.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, you got it. Where's my bell? There it is. I don't know. I've watched some inspirational stuff, man. We watched uh, – what did we watch tonight? Oh, God. Temple Grandlin. Have you seen that? No. It's about this uh, autistic woman that uh, like changed the cattle industry. I know. It sounds super exciting. <laughs> but it was, uh, it was interesting. It was good. And then last night we watched Bohemian Rhapsody. That was also pretty good. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Good soundtrack, I'm sure, yeah.
0: Oh dude, not even that. The uh the special scenes, you know, I'm I don't care about special scenes, but uh but after we watched the movie, my wife looked up uh my wife looked up my wife. <laughs> on YouTube. Dude, you know
1: Sasha Baron Cohen was supposed to be Freddie Mercury though, right?
0: Oh, that would have been awesome. I would've yeah. been down for that. Wait,
1: way, way many years ago, but Mm-mm. go on, sorry.
0: No no no, it's fine. So uh, the movie ends uh, during Live Aid. And you're a young mm-hmm. buck, so you probably don't remember Live Aid because uh, I was barely around when Live Aid came on. But I remember watching it with my parents. And anyways, the movie ends on Live Aid. So my wife went on YouTube and found uh, videos of Queen's performance during Live Aid uh, side to side with the scenes from the movie. And apparently in, in the extras for the Blu-ray – they have, like, the entire Live Aid performance done in movie form. Wow. Yeah, which that's not in the theatrical release. The theatrical release, there's, like, two or three songs. Uh, but, yeah, anyway, the movie is great. I enjoyed it. I know that's kind of uh, old and not comics related, but it is somewhat related because we have news. You see how we always – wow. This is, this is called professionalism. As we segue – into the recently announced book by AfterShock, The Shadow Doctor, uh, written by Peter Calloway, with art by Georges Junti, who did uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh, I do like that. I do recognize the uh, the artist. And this is based on a true story. So, you know, I mean man, let me tell you, me and true stories don't generally work very well. But maybe in my old age, I'm uh, I'm I'm turning a new leaf as we say and maybe i'll, I'll dig this uh it's based on the writer's uh, grandfather's story uh growing up as a black man in the 30s in chicago uh with a, a medical degree could not get work because he was black could not begin his own practice because he was black so he turns to the mob for money bum, bum, bum. could be interesting
1: yeah the i mean the mob prohibition angle I think seems like the most interesting part. I mean obviously it's very topical. Yeah. Right now, so but yeah, to your point like you know, like grounded stuff is just a little bit tougher to get hyped up for.
0: Yeah. Give me aliens and weird creatures.
1: A little escapism.
0: Yeah. Especially nowadays. But uh should be good. I'm going to I mean obviously we're going to talk about it. So it's not like we're not going to read it. But uh I am kind of looking forward to see how this kind of plays out. Uh you know in some respects the first book we're going to talk about is a little bit of a uh kind of a a slice of life story if you would say. Maybe if if a bit grim and violent undone by blood number 4. You see you see the segways here?
1: Your segway machine, man. You, you see, you see say, how this works? This- yeah, like, like, take care, man. We, you don't like, don't <laughs> throw a rod or whatever.
0: Uh, undone by blood, number four, man. I feel like we just talked about this. Is time even real, Travis?
1: We well, <laughs> we discussed that earlier.
0: Uh, Maybe we should start recording our pre-episode conversations.
1: <laughs> yeah, always be recording. That's yeah. on you, man.
0: Uh, that is on me. That's my bad. That's my bad. I apologize. Uh, Undone by Blood, number four, or the Shadow of a One Man. That dude, that is such a Western thing to have the subtitle like that. Anyways, uh, written by Lonnie and Zach. Uh, I, I say that like uh, <laughs> like they're my best friends. Uh, Lonnie Nadler and Zach Thompson, with art by Sammy Cavella. Uh, we have some colors in there by Jason Wordy and Hassan Utsmani in on the letters department? Whew, that's a lot of names
1: you You killed it, man,
0: I mean, if you say so, I'm just here for the lulls,
1: yeah, I mean the the letter, like for sure I, I don't know every time i I try to pronounce that, I just like trip over myself, so
0: see this is why Ronnie needs to return, so he can pronounce all the names. he is the master of names,
1: no, he is that's true, yeah, And we uh- miss Ronnie
0: mm-hmm. more than we
1: can really fully expressed so
0: that's true uh Love also, you, i don't know if you noticed a special shout out to adam freeman in this book did you see that yeah i never look at this stuff but uh towards the bottom of the credits you have a special thanks to adam freeman and some other yeah. folks anyway shout out to adam because he's uh he's a fun guy
1: yeah man bad idea get on it
0: master of yoga adam freeman yeah uh, Alright, so let's talk about the book, Travis. Let's uh, quit diddle-daddling. I, uh, I think so far this is my favorite issue of the series, I will say.
1: Yeah, I think it, it feels like a, a few things are, are coming into finer focus, you know? Yes. like There's definitely a, a lot. It's like a big step forward in the overall narrative,
0: Correct. So as uh, as the book opens up, we have our main character meeting with the sheriff of of the town of Sweetheart and uh, she basically gives him an ultimatum. She's like, look dude I'm kind of tired of doing your job and he's like uh, we don't do well with vigilantes here you need to just chill out she's like, I know who did it, let me just go get him he's like, I'm the police I know who did it I'll go get him when I have the evidence and she's like You're a terrible police man. I'm gonna go kill the dude. Uh, Is that a good recap? That's a good recap of the conversation, right?
1: Of that conversation, yeah. I mean i I feel like there, you know, the one thing maybe shade that was in there is just that he's kind of like you don't even know what you're doing, you know, like you're you're coming in like a bulldozer, and you know, like you're not police, so like you're gonna screw this up, you know. I. And
0: this might be like me being partially jaded because I just watched this uh, Temple Grandlin movie. Uh, But there was a little bit of this uh, atmosphere in the movie as well because she's a woman coming into the boys club and trying to change the cattle industry. So I'm thinking too, he's like, well, you're like a freaking high school girl. Uh, Get out of here, girl. No one cares. Like leave this to the big boys. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I I mean – like obviously we we can get into it because there's something that happens later in the issue that calls his credibility into question pretty starkly, right? Yes. but yes, not getting into that just yet per se, I would say that there are maybe certain narratives that are out there that are closer to the line of like we had this, like, we had a thing going with this, like, something was in the works and you screwed it up, you know? Like, Mm. like I'm thinking, I think about maybe, like, I want to say something in the wire or something where it's, like, there's, like, a long-term sting or something and you're kind of told by somebody that's mysterious, like, lay off this. Like, I can't tell you why, but you need to... You need to stop and walk away, you know? Yeah, before you get hurt. Not before you get hurt, but before you ruin a thing that is already in the works that I can't talk about, you know?
0: Oh, I see. I see what you mean. So You, you, you know so, what I
1: mean? Well, so are
0: you saying that based on the not, – not including what we learn later, but just based on the conversation, does it give you the feeling that he's kind of got the thing on lockdown? He's just waiting – to do things by the law?
1: Like the that conversation in isolation, I I kind of take his stuff at face value. You hmm. know, I, I, I think I think there at least there's a possibility that he is trying to do a thing and she's coming in and just kind of knocking all of the the pieces down. Or, you know, like, what whatever is the, the fictional police-fed narrative that I, like, am, am grasping at is, like, that would play in that scenario. But yeah. perhaps a segue now, not to, like, you know, eat your lunch, but... <laughs> you,
0: you mean know, your, your it, huevos?
1: Yes, your huevos. Well, uh-huh. yeah, I, I wouldn't eat those, uh...
0: What, what What's on... Is it is it just egg, sausage, and bacon? Is that what it was?
1: Yeah. I,
0: I, I mean, mean, like... That's what it looks like on the plate, but he calls it something. Like, huevo something. Oh, huevo's the l'apache.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that's a thing.
0: Sure, I'm sure it is.
1: Jump on it, jump on it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh... Okay. So, so like, yeah, the... Obviously, what we're talking about is that later on the issue, they raise the possibility that maybe the big bad, the dude with the mustache and the short shorts and the cowboy boots, is Mm -hmm. this guy's brother.
0: Well, so they have the same last name, right? So she goes to uh, the wake of the, the kid that got killed in the previous issue and, like, I mean, I don't know if she pretends because she kind of knows the guy, but she pretends to be like his friend at the funeral and manages to talk to his parents. And and the mom's kind of like, "Well, I knew this was gonna happen. Like, you know, he had this bright future ahead of him, and then he got involved with this like lawn care service, and uh, <laughs> that like makes kids steal drugs out of their lawnmower, uh, which is kind of ludicrous, but funny at the same time." And uh, and then he got hooked on the drugs, and so she knew that this was going to happen. And so she gets, she starts getting more information out of the out of the parents, and they throw out a last name, which also happens to be the same last name as the sheriff.
1: Yeah, and she initially like immediately jumps to, oh, the sheriff is corrupt. Correct, you know, which could be, you know,
0: well, and if you look, if you look at all the stuff that we've learned about this town over the previous three issues. It seems like it does lean that way, right, that the sheriff might be corrupt because this, this has been happening for a long time in this town. And, and I think you also get that a little bit if you follow the the west, the fictionalized Western story uh, that's going on at the same time. Uh, like when, when the guy shows up at the bar and he's like, hey, I'm going to take down these bad guys. All I have is my gun. If anybody wants to join me, like stand up. And they just like stare at him and keep going. You know, they go back to what they were doing. Uh, It seems like that's directly juxtaposed to what's happening in this town. Like everyone knows it's being run by criminals. That there's a drug problem, but nobody wants to say anything because they live in this beautiful, perfect town of Sweetheart, right? And and they don't want to ruin that image of of this like homely place out west. That's that's the impression that I got.
1: I mean, I. I feel like, uh, you know, my my sense is more that everybody in town is living in fear, you Mm -hmm. know, that that whatever there is a sufficient campaign of terror that's that's going on in this town that while everybody knows that really it's being run by, you know, a drug dealing murderer that. There's nothing they can do because then they'll come after them. You know, the 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 murderer will will silence them. Yes. Uh, and like I maybe I've mentioned it before, but I feel like for me, what I liken this kind of general uh, premise to, like, feels not unlike Roadhouse. Mm. Have you are you familiar with Roadhouse? Roadhouse.
0: That's my favorite family guy segment. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am familiar with Roadhouse.
1: Right. I mean, so you know, Roadhouse when I watched it I I felt like I I had a little trouble taking it seriously the idea that there could be somebody that's so evil in town and so with such means that everybody is so scared of him and he basically can shoot somebody in front of the whole town Mm. and walk away. You know, like it's, it's that level of just, you know, batshit, you know, like you can't touch me. uh, And I like, I feel like that's the same thing that's going on in this town is, you know, you don't want to get sliced up with the like, whatever it is the like scythe that the dude has uh, or like his his goons so so you just don't say anything and maybe maybe even the cop or whatever isn't immune to that you know yeah that he's like i can't i like i have no deputies there's there's no way i like roll this operation so i've got to get the feds involved you know Mm -hmm. like that doesn't seem completely implausible but i don't know how that squares with them maybe being related
0: sure i'm still curious to find out what her family's involvement in the whole thing is right so to go along with what you're saying now do you think that maybe the reason her parents were killed is that they were going to be going to say the feds to let them know what was going on, because uh, when when we have those flashback scenes in this issue, they're all in like a seedy motel room, right? Like mm-hmm. I don't I don't think it's a place where they live. So they if they're in that motel room, I always assume they're on the run or hiding from somebody. So what I do you, thought what they do were just going passing through. Oh, is that what you think? Okay.
1: Like well, I thought they were heading to the west coast or something, hmm. and that. You know, they they got murdered in this town and that kind of threw everything off the rails. But I that that was my take on like they, they weren't permanent residents here. They were just like on a road trip and stuff went bad.
0: OK, yeah, I may need to go back and reread the, the issues then, because I, I mm-hmm. don't remember that particular bit of it. OK, maybe, yeah. maybe. Uh, what else do you got on this issue, man?
1: Okay, I, I had a thought, and I, I wanted to run it by you, which is like, you know, although we have clearly two books that are going right now that really are about a teenage girl in very Western fashion, you know, essentially signing up for a suicide vengeance mission, mm. right? Yeah. Uh, and it's just like, you know, I'm I'm not a psychologist, but I'm trying to, to figure out how.
0: But you play one on the podcast. Continue.
1: That's, yes, exactly. I'm, I, I'm putting on my, uh, psychologist, uh, blazer right now. Uh, <laughs> I already had the beard. So, yeah, there uh, you go. But I just wonder how much of her mindset is being. Kind of fueled by this book, yeah. That obviously is tied into her family. You know, like her dad's like, "Oh, read this book; it's great." And whether you think she would have engaged in this kind of crusade if it weren't for, you know, this like kind of—I don't know—like I don't want to say campy, but for lack of a better word, book. You know, Mm -hmm. like a pulpy like exploitation western novel right or if you like you think there's something there do you think that like you don't need an explanation for why an 18 year old girl would travel thousands of miles uh and basically like throw a fortune and her life away to to try and square up with like murderers.
0: No, there, there's obviously something with that, and I don't know if this will end up being... You know, Zach and Lonnie love to play around with, with psychological stuff, so I, I do wonder if there is something inherent about her mental state uh, that would like create this fictionalized story of why her parents are not here anymore, uh, and she finds this town that's run by drug dealers, and maybe she's like concocted the story in her mind based on this like Western that she really loves that was given to her by her dad. Right. I, I wonder if there is some of that in here uh, or if all of it is actually true, like the way she remembers things happening. You see what I mean? Mm hmm. Um, yeah.
1: So if, if it's all reliable or whether there's like some subjectivity.
0: Correct. Correct and i mean like every time you see her like she she just looks like a character that walked out of a western right like she's got the cowboy boots and the stirrups and like the the there's like a little gun clip or something in one of the panels like the way she just the way she walks and carries herself is like you know a cowboy running into town like you know breaking into the saloon and like where's the guy that killed my dog you know what i mean like that's that's the attitude that I get from her.
1: I mean I just wonder if that comes all from the book or whether like I don't know, you know. No, I did, did agree. Did she and, research it? Did she grow up with westerns? Well, and the thing know? is,
0: I, the thing is I, it wasn't as clear in the previous 3 issues what the similarities were between the two stories, but I think with the way the western story plays out in this issue that the two stories are kind of getting closer and closer together if that makes sense. Uh, I mean, like obviously she doesn't have like a kid that a son to rescue from the bad guys. You know what I mean? Um, But outside of that, like the, the two stories go hand in hand. There's, there's a lot of similarities in this particular issue with how the two central characters deal with the town around them.
1: I mean, I I agree. I I feel like it seems like in this issue, you know the the thing from the Western story. You know the the novel is kind of basically everybody in the town. You know, wants for the villain to be defeated, but they are too scared to act, so they just give them all the guns. You know,
0: right, right, right.
1: right. And like similarly, you know lady whose son died you know gives all the info to the girl but like she doesn't really do anything else to help you know Mm -hmm. so i wonder if that's the like if everybody in town is just going to kind of secretly give assistance and hope that this girl takes care of it
0: yep we'll see all right rate me up travis
1: uh yeah, I'll go four point two five out of five.
0: Okay, well better than I'm gonna rate it. I'm gonna give it just a solid four, man.
1: Well, to your point, I think that, that a lot was in this issue. You know. For
0: sure. For sure.
1: So I'm giving it a little bit of a bump on that.
0: Very good. Very good. I like it. It's a solid scoring this week. Let's see if we can keep up that solid scoring with another great transition as we talk about Artemis and the Assassin, number three. Nailed it. <laughs> this is uh, written by Stephanie Phillips, art by Francesca Fantini, colors by Lauren Affy, and letters by A Larger World's Troy Pateri. I want to have, uh, like, something before my name. Like,
1: Aftershock Central's Martin Ferretti. Hello uh <laughs> all right you could there's no there's nothing stopping you
0: i mean that's true i'll put that on my business card give me uh give me a little rundown of artemis and the assassin number three there travis
1: uh oh, geez put me on the spot uh well they uh you know they're obviously in the old west artemis and uh what's her name
0: helena uh,
1: Br- I wanna say Virginia.
0: Virginia, that's it. Where'd I get Helena from?
1: <laughs> My chemical romance.
0: Ah, yes. Totally different medium of art. Continue.
1: Uh yeah, so you know, they're mixing it up with uh bad guy, Dynamite Dutch, and uh <laughs> you know, things aren't going well, but he's like, Oh, what's this, you know, big bracelet on your wrist? And uh, he takes it off and manages to zap himself into a different time uh, because that's her time travel device. Mm -hmm. Uh, Meanwhile, the, uh, you know, the home office is tracking her movements or the the device's movements in real time. Right. So they, they know it's made multiple jumps and they're kind of going through them in order uh and also they've dispatched two more assassins uh who we we haven't seen before one's yep. like a like a US soldier and the other for lack of a better word is like a ninja correct uh so they're getting sent basically to retrieve Maya I guess, that's her name yeah Yeah. Uh, and uh like to bring her back alive
0: yes and then Isaac goes to twenty two hundred to get Dutch.
1: Uh, does he?
0: Yes, he does. Because after ah. after he has the meeting, the the hologram meeting, and the guy's like, "Look, if you don't get this right, we're gonna get our money back, and you're gonna have some problems." My assumption is it gonna kill him. Uh, is when he's talking to the butler or his assistant or whoever that other guy is. And he's like, send, uh, Akeshi and, and, the the military guy to retrieve Maya. Uh, where's, where's, uh, where's the bracelet? And he's like, well, it's in 2200. And he's like, okay, bring me a transport and I'll go deal with that.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, that actually makes sense. Uh, you know, like to kind of to like try and approach it from both directions, mm-hmm. you know, uh, And I was actually wondering about how that played into their priorities, because obviously priority one is this hit that is going wrong as we speak. Right. You know, like, in in theory, should be the main priority over whatever they're trying to do for Maya, you know, like, she's incidental, as long as they can do their job, Mm -hmm. but... Also, you've now got another uh, operative, you know, that's gone rogue with a time travel device. And that could be bad news in theory for everybody.
0: Well, sure. I mean, you've got this guy from the 1800s now in the future. And he's
1: in the past, right? I thought it was 2200 BC.
0: Oh, BC. Yep, you're right. That's even worse.
1: Yes, it is worse.
0: Because he's got a gun. So yeah, he I, he can become like emperor of the world just with with one gun.
1: He's got to make those bullets count, dude.
0: Well, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, I um, uh, I uh, I dug this issue a lot. I I like the uh kind of like espionage, political intrigue kind of stuff going on in the background. Uh in particular with with the Nine, we know that the this time travel assassin group's called the Nine. Um I, I like that whole bit. Because even though like it seemed like Isaac was kind of like the head guy, right? But it's obvious that like he's just another flunky.
1: I, he he has bosses,
0: sure. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um and they they seem pretty concerned about this mission, you know? Mm-hmm. And like I don't necessarily, you know, I won't try to get lost in the the temporality of like why this mission is happening now. It's not their first mission. Is it less important than the missions they did before? You know, like, but they seem worried about it. So that would imply that there are some stakes there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, wonder and if this, like,
0: I wonder if it answers some of your questions about time travel, Travis. Uh,
1: I mean, I, I'm not. I'm not trying to stress too much about it. Although, I I did have a moment where I was just thinking about the kind of I don't know the idea of tracking a time travel device in real time. You know, mm. like they they know where it went. Like, you know, uh, in, in order, basically, right? They're like, oh, it just jumped to a another time, but just being like, how just, you know, <laughs> well, like fourth re- dimensionally just so relative- real time <laughs> tracking in, in the future. You yes. know what I mean? It's like, the well, more yeah, you it, tend to pull these threads, the more you're like, what?
0: Cause it's relative to your present.
1: Yeah. It's, it's like, uh, not that I ever understood it, but like Bill and Ted, when they have the you
0: love some Bill, Bill and Ted, dude.
1: <laughs> just, just wait, and like school's in session, so oh boy, they Bring wear the, the watch, and they're right. So, so Rufus is like, it's like you got this watch. And this watch keeps ticking. So if you don't make it back, you know, like you know, you're gonna fail or whatever, you know. Sure. Like, so don't forget to wind your watch and all that. Like, there's an element of of the real time here that is kind of like that. Like, there is a real time that, that they are tracking in the future. And I don't know. Like, I know nobody cares about it. Like, whatever.
0: <laughs> you know what the problem with that is? For one, you're quoting Bill and Ted. As your your de facto time travel source, It's the best. <laughs> it it is pretty damn good. I'll give you that.
1: Don't uh, embarrass yourself.
0: I'm, I'm gonna Go have on. to I'm gonna have to rewatch these movies before the new one comes out. Um, but the thing is, like, to use a watch, like, watches don't even keep real time. You know what I mean? That's like relative time. It's just like a figment of your imagination. Um,
1: he doesn't even wind it, dude.
0: Oh, well, true. Here, 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 all right, here we go. Are you ready? Here, here's what I think. It's possible to have someone in the future track in real time where in time the time device is. Well, that's a whole lot of time uh because time and space are real are connected. you know what I mean, so in order to travel back in time, you also need to physically go back in space. I don't know. This might get too deep. Maybe we shouldn't go here. <laughs> Maybe we should skip this discussion. Let's go back to just talking comics. Uh...
1: <laughs> no, I no, I, I hear what you're saying, man. Point taken.
0: You see what I mean? So, like, if if that's the case, then they can track it in in time space, which is one thing. I don't know. Never mind. Never mind. It's gonna take too long to explain this. Uh, my
1: my point being, it's like, magic. Let's say let's say this guy went on a spree and like jumped two or three more times in, into different time places in history world. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, how would you know which of those happened first? It's kind of it, like it kind of implies there's just like a live stream or something that is always broadcasting from the device. Through time, directly to the future.
0: All right, so I'll, I'll 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 try to explain this as succinctly as possible. Okay, so when when the Earth moves around the universe, it's moving in a spiral. Okay, you can look this up. I'm not making this up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it rotates around the sun, but the solar system is moving in a spiral down the, the, the solar system, or down the galaxy, okay? And the galaxy spirals down the universe. If To travel back in time, you, you can pinpoint a place and time, because it's one thing, right? Space-time? A space and time where that thing is. So relative to you in the future, it is in that particular place. Now, you can go back and retrieve it and change that past... But it doesn't necessarily mean anything will change for you in the future because you still travel down that same path through space in this little spiral. Does that make sense?
1: I was with you and then I lost
0: you. Okay, well that's uh, fine. That's fine. I'll 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 show you a video of the, the spiral travel one day. And then and then we'll we'll reconvene.
1: Okay. Yeah. I mean I feel like we're we're at a disadvantage in this timey wimey stuff without uh without Ronnie. So that's true. If he, he was here, he'd be taking us to school.
0: He is the tardis master, so he would know. Yes, he is. That's true. Um, yeah, very good overall. I liked it. I like how uh, like each issue you get like a little progression of the story, and things get a little more complicated, but at the same time, you you get enough answers where like the previous stuff starts to make sense, but the the mystery kind of deepens a little bit more. Uh, and you're right, like I said before, I am curious why this particular group hired the nine to kill Virginia and why she's so important.
1: Cool. Uh well I I have some questions that I just I wanted to pose to you and you know, like don't feel any pressure or anything. But Ooh. it's just things that the things that jumped out to me. And I don't have answers, so that's why I'm just throwing them out there. Mm-hmm. One being, you know, do you think that it's, it's pretty straightforward that, you know, Isaac wants to get Maya back in the fold to protect her? And that when, like, when she's found, like, she's, she's going to be protected. Uh, and, you know, they'll, like, that's, that's what's going on there uh the other thing is you know obviously we end the issue and the assassins show up right and maya's there with virginia yes right yes and they've saved each other multiple times those two ladies so do you think like we're seeing a standoff here kind of potentially like would Maya now choose to defend Virginia against these assassins that were formerly on her side? Well,
0: I mean, right now, I would still say no for the simple fact that, like, even though Virginia keeps on trying to help her, she's like, listen, I'm hired to kill you. I'm going to kill you. And then, like, something happens that prevents her from killing her. So, my assumption would be when these guys attack, and try to kill virginia and get maya out uh i don't know man unless like they attacked her explicitly i'm not sure if she would actually do something to stop them from killing virginia but with the way things have been working something may happen that causes maya to think that they want to kill her instead and so they have to team up you see what i mean it would be like a, a an incidental team-up.
1: Yeah. I mean, I just – I guess I'm unclear about what their priorities are right now because you would think – and maybe it's just like he should have touched base with his team and been like, hey, I know I sent you to bring back Maya. But really that takes a backseat towards you finishing her mission, i.e. kill Virginia. Right, kill Virginia.
0: Yeah, and, and he didn't say that, right? Like – when he was talking at the end, he, did, he wasn't talking to the assassins, but he did say he wants Maya back alive. So, I mean, I assume he told them that as well, but I don't think we see that in the book.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just weird he would he would run off and not be like, hey, I know we talked about one thing, but really, you know, uh, if if push comes to shove, this is the priority – and, you know, Maya is expendable.
0: I mean, he might have to say that to save face, but maybe he goes back in time to get Dutch's uh, bracelet to make it back in time to save Maya from the two assassins.
1: Yes. See, n- now you're thinking fourth dimensionally. <laughs> As Doc Brown would say, are you happy? <laughs>
0: yes i'm gonna hop into my delorean train (laughs) yes my delorean train (laughs) uh very good very good all right uh let's rate this up i'm gonna give this a 4.5 out of 5
1: uh i will stick with 4.25 out of 5
0: very good very good i have come prepared this week with next week's new releases travis Dun, dun, dun. We have, I mean, technically three new books out next week. We have Bad Reception, number five. Nice. Uh, oh, that's been, uh, it's been a long time. I'm going to have yeah. to go back and reread one through four because I forgot what's going on. And we also have The Man Who effed Up Time, number four, John Layman and Carl Nostert. And apparently we also have... Dark Instinct Dark Arc Instinct? It's the free comic book day special? Oh wow. I'm putting a question mark on that. It's on Was the- there a
1: free comic book day?
0: I mean it was canceled, but but like publishers are still putting books out. I just don't know when. And uh according to previews, Dark Arc Instinct comes out July 22nd, which is next Wednesday.
1: So it's not free though.
0: I mean it's free. Yeah, it, I don't know. Yeah. This is, look, the suggested retail price is pie. That's what it says. So it's maybe three dollars and fourteen cents. Three dollars and I don't know. <laughs> fourteen
1: point some cents.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. There you go. So, uh, so that's what's coming out next week, uh, Travis. That's episode one hundred and twenty-five. I don't know if you know this. I don't know if you're keeping track. Ooh, that's yeah. pretty. It's a, it's a nice number, one twenty-five. Uh. Three prime numbers. That must mean something in some universe. Thank you for listening to the AfterShock Central podcast with Travis and Martin. Travis and AfterShock Centrals, Martin Ferretti. Uh, thank you for listening. You can find us on Twitter at the Great Magnet at Geekvine at pod See you all next week.